Hey y'all, Alex Barenka here, head of external affairs at Verishop and host of Finding Inspo, the first ever shoppable podcast where I sit down with founders, creators, and influencers from across the retail world and pick their brains for information you can use in life and in business. What I'm most interested in is where they are finding inspo and how they turn that inspiration into reality. Because that ability to take an idea and turn it into a real product that others love is what really makes them different. Today, we're diving into the world of fine art. It's an industry that's not really been welcoming to outsiders unless you've got a fat pocketbook and the right people on your contact list. And it's basically been that way since old times. From the ancient Egyptians to the Italian Renaissance, patrons were instrumental in designating certain artists or their works as important. To put it simply, rich citizens or government officials commissioned or sponsored works of art as a display of wealth or power, and those artists then gained its stature. In the past two centuries, the market has largely been controlled by galleries. They function as a discerning middleman, deciding which artist's work is in vogue, how much the pieces should be worth, and whom they choose to sell them to. But my guest today thinks that more people should be able to get their hands on works from notable or up-and-coming artists. That's why Kate Hoffman started Spacey Studios, so folks like you and I can get our hands on a piece from a professional artist with the knowledge that that work is significant. Before I get to our chat, I want to point out something from the top that I noticed from her approach to business. She's not about blowing up the art industry. She's trying to take the best bits that make art collection deeply important and make those bits available to more people. I think it's a really important way to frame your thinking for many founders. It's not always about creating something brand spanking new. Sometimes it's about taking a fresh look at the way things are, keeping some elements that are familiar, and then executing with ideas that are radically different. So now, on to my chat with Kate Hoffman of Spacey Studios. What is Spacey Studios is a good place to start. Yeah, so Spacey is um, a fine art platform where you can collect art that you can actually afford. So we work with top emerging artists. We curate museum quality art, but it all starts at $150. Which I have some art that is frankly sitting in a pile at home that I've collected from various art fairs or farmers markets or, you know, craft shows. And it's a really overwhelming process, right? Like, I think I have a certain design aesthetic. I kind of know what I was, what I'm looking for. um, But it's really hard to find in a way that I know will be quality work. Um, Can you just kind of talk through how somebody should go about looking for art and and what kind of space you're filling in terms of helping them with some of those problems? Sure. So I started Spacey because I saw that the art market had completely shifted with the rise of social media. So social media democratized the fact that artists now didn't need agents who would then sell through galleries, who would then offer that same work through marketplaces just to reach a collector. They could sell directly through their Instagram channels to collectors. And then in turn, collectors didn't need galleries to discover artists. They could also find artists via Instagram. So with that, I thought this is a great way to approach 
curating a platform that is featuring the top talent that you need to know. So I would say if you're interested in exploring artists, Instagram is now the number one place to discover fine art talent. Um, but then at Spacey, we actually use a data-driven approach to curation to find the artists that you essentially want to know, need to follow, and have to collect from. And I, I won't make you give away the secret sauce, but <laughs> can you give a little bit of, of detail in terms of what that kind of process looks like? Like, what do people expect to get when they have an artist that they're um, buying through a Spacey Studios uh, collection? Yeah, absolutely. No, it was really important to me that there was a sense of transparency when we were um, bringing art and artists to new collectors, because I found um, once I started approaching collecting art in a much more intentional way that I wanted to understand where value was coming from. And until Spacey, I really don't feel that our platforms or curators have been willing to share that. And so we look for a few things. One is we look for an artist's social following, how much they have been growing over the last few years, how engaged their collector base is, and then who is following them. Is it top art curators and collectors and publications? Um, we also look to see where they've been featured, who has collected their work, and how much they're currently selling for. So we try to bring people the artists who are really rising onto the contemporary art scene in a big way. And we've seen this approach really pay off in the last year. Actually, one of the artists that it's on Barry Shop, we might be getting to this later. Um, but their work is now selling for $10,000, $35,000 on other platforms. But on Barry Shop and through Spacey, you can get it for $150, which is so cool. And, and that artist in particular, um, there's a print that we sell called The Calmness of June. Um, with the lovely white frame uh, by uh, how, what's the artist's name? Dion Ivory. Dion Ivory. Yes. I mean, this has been this is I think the one that flew off our online shelves the quickest. Can you give a little bit of background on this artist and and where you found them and kind of where they stand right now? Yes. So Dion Ivory came onto my radar. She had done collaborations with Glossier, with Nike, with Apple, with a lot of big brands, but she was also leading this incredible wellness movement for women. Of of color and was getting a lot of attention around that. And so for this first collection, I was curating all works that came back to this idea of peace of mind, wanting people to be able to connect to the story of the artwork that they're bringing into their home. So I reached out to Dion. Um, she came on board, which was amazing, and created this series of three illustrations. And then since then, her work has really blown up. So she's not only been this influential figure in the wellness space, but she's also now selling her work for tens of thousands of dollars. Which, you know, it's always funny to me, art, because I, it, sometimes it's almost like, what is it worth? Well, whatever the last person is willing to pay for it, right? That's kind of how the market works. It is kind of fuzzy, and that makes it really intimidating. So when you have some someone like Dion Ivory, who is kind of blowing up and having a moment, um, it, it seems very fortuitous and like your process paid off to catch her kind of on that upswing. Yes, and we have so many stories like that. Another artist that's featured on Very Shop, Therry Porter, he does these beautiful, soft, um, nude illustrations. And those, are, he, when we first found him, he was one of the artists that was really more on the emerging side of things. And now he's been featured in Vogue and Goop. He had his first gallery show in London. I believe he's um, actually showing with a few of the other artists in the first collection in a group show. So he's um, another artist whose work is really quickly on the rise. It's 
it's so exciting to also see how our collector communities get really excited about being all connected through a shared story, which is an artist story or the piece of artwork that they have in their home. And, and let's get into that. You said Dion made these three um, prints just for Spacey. Is that how it typically works with every artist? Yes. So and knowing that anyone can be their own art critic or art curator these days because they have access to artists via Instagram and other social platforms, I knew we needed to bring a sense of curation so people trusted that the talent they were discovering through Spacey was talent they, they really wanted to be connected to, as I said before. Um, and so what we do is every time we release a new collection... I reach out to a new group of artists that we feel like are really rising onto the scene and then commission a specific creative piece of work from them. So we're presenting them themes and then they're delivering that work to us and exclusively for Spacey and Very Shop collectors. Um, and what I love about that is with a cohesive theme, you then see how 25 different artists translate that same thing through their different mediums, different perspective and perspectives and different life stories. Which also means that these pieces are very unique. Absolutely. So they're all limited edition prints of 25. And if you're not sure, I mean, it's pretty intuitive. It's limited edition, but that means there literally won't be any more than 25 created ever in the entire world forever and always. And so you got to snatch up one <laughs> before you miss out. But then you become a part of this really exclusive and cool group of collectors where you might be a collector in Texas, whereas a, a mom in Australia collected the same piece. piece and a, you know, big collector in Egypt also collected the same one. I mean, it's just so cool to track the stories of our global collectors through a piece of our work. And, and I think that the, you know, there's a little bit of FOMO element there, right? Like you see something, you love it, you should get it. And I think that the price point makes it really accessible to be able to do that because I think that's the thing that I realized um, when I was, you know, in high school, I was an aspiring artist. I still do life drawing classes. It's like my like secret oh my gosh, hobby. This is so amazing. I know. Whenever I go on vacation, I always try to book a life drawing class if it's, you know, in Spain or in, in Italy. Last time I was there, I, I made sure to um, hit those up. I don't have a good one in LA, so if anyone has suggestions, then hit me up. But, you know, it is, um, I kind of went down this rabbit hole of having studied art history where I thought that I, I should like a certain type of art because it's, it is in vogue right now. But I kind of had to break myself of that because I wasn't able to find anything that I was really connecting to. When I kind of sloughed that off, um, I was able to find some pieces that, you know, have yet to be hung in my earthquake new apartment in Santa Monica. But, um, you know, I, I found pieces that I connected to more. Um, that, that emotional guidance, is that what people should be leaning on um, when they're thinking about what they should be hanging in their homes? Absolutely. I think the fashion industry is such a great industry to look towards um, when it comes to approaching art from a place of not feeling intimidating. Uh, the fashion industry has done such a great job at understanding how style is a form of personal expression. And I think if we can do that with the art world, so many more people can uh, connect to it. You know, when you're thinking of buying a piece of clothing, you think, okay, where am I going to wear this? Maybe I'm wearing it to the office. When I'm in the office, how do I want to feel? Probably professional, motivated, empowering. And then you just naturally gravitate towards colors, materials, textures that represent that. You just intuitively know that that maybe tight leather 
doesn't represent that look, but a certain kind of cotton would. And so if people can kind of trust their gut and approach art from a perspective of taste, your taste will really guide you towards towards artists. And then hopefully curators like myself, Spacey Very Shop, can then present to you the artist who would also be valuable to be connected to. And I think that's a really amazing formula, though I will play devil's advocate. My Talk fashion changes often. The art in my home doesn't. Like, I sometimes have a, a decision paralysis where I'm like, is this actually going to work? Do you have any tips for people to kind of pull the trigger on things they like? Well, I think the beauty of collecting or having an art collection is that it essentially becomes a visual diary of your life over time. And you never have enough wall space when it comes to art and you don't even need to just hang art on your walls. I mean, in my apartment, I live in a studio in Cobble Hill and from floor to ceiling, there is art in every nook and cranny and I still have art under my bed. (laughs) But depending on how I'm feeling during different seasons, I will switch out my art collection so my walls end up really representing a story of my life. And then you feel like there are these time pieces where maybe you've moved past a story, but you can start to pass them on to people who would connect to it. Which I also think is really nice. You know, you can kind of share that moment and it can become a, you're expanding that shared collection. Absolutely. And even going back to the product that um, we've curated with Very Shop, that product, when we say museum quality, that means it's archival grade and will literally last hundreds of years. So there's no acid in it. We're using top pigments, paper, frames. Um, you, Yeah, it will outlive you. So pass <laughs> it on. <laughs> share, share the wealth of what art is. And getting the good stuff for, you know, a hundred bucks, one hundred and fifty bucks. You know that that seems like uh, quite the worthwhile investment. Yes, and the way that we were able to do that was by bringing everything in house. So the operations of the fine art world are also extremely dated. They're very fragmented, and it makes it it makes the price of the work that you're paying for inflated. So you're paying not only the agents, the artists, the galleries, the marketplaces, but you're also paying for overpriced shipping, framing, printing, and we've brought that all in-house and just amplified the efficiency through technology, and it is what allows us to offer such high-quality product at an affordable price. And that opaqueness of kind of the old-school art market, that has to be felt by the artists, too. Can you kind of speak to some of the feedback you've had from the artists you work with in terms of giving them kind of another channel that doesn't have the multiple steps from, you know, initial contacts to the agent, to the curator, to the gallery owner, et cetera, et cetera? Well, a lot of the artists we work with have stepped outside of that model to begin with by just selling direct to consumer themselves through their own social platforms. Um, But where I saw the opportunity to provide them value was in taking care of everything that they wouldn't want to be doing, working on marketing, printing, framing, operation, shipping, talking to customers, et cetera. And so when we present to artists not only to be a part of this curated online art experience where their work isn't with hundreds of thousands of other products, but it's in this really well-exhibited environment, and also say, we'll take on everything you don't like to do, focus on what you love, creating art, and we'll do the rest. It was, it has been this exciting moment for me where I can see we're bringing true value to our, our talent too. Now, as a, as a former journalist who's covered business, finance, tech, I also 
have a sneaky suspicion that in an opaque world, it's not necessarily as easy for underrepresented people to be seen. Can you, I mean, (laughs) we're in a moment now where I think people are looking across at all industries and saying, oh, if it's a, if it's this kind of insular club, then it's some points of view are just not going to be seen or heard. Um, How has the change in the art world, you know, the shift to more social selling, to having people like you kind of pulling in, um, in creators through a, through a new channel, how has, have you seen that kind of juxtaposed to, um, kind of the opportunities that existed, say, a decade ago? Yeah, well, the fine art world, like so many other industries, has been dominated by men for most of time. And so you see that effect not only when it comes to 70% of art directors being male, but also 70% of artists being represented in galleries being male. And the reason that that's in particular shocking to me is because I learned that 80% of art students are female. And so the fact that the statistics of who's actually has their work represented in galleries is so weighted in the opposite direction felt wrong. So we make uh, an effort to make sure every single one of our collections features a minimum of 70% female artists. So you're fully flipping it. Fully flipping it. And our team also is fully flipped. Um, We're 70% women. It might be 75. And Definitely majority women. Realm. I mean, it's great. And it's at Vershop, too, we're really proud of that. More than half of our staff and our executive leadership team is, is women. Same for minority and people of color. Um, that is, it, it brings in differentiated points of view. What our co-founder um, likes to say that, you know, if you're sitting in an interview and um, and then you walk out and you're discussing whether or not the candidate's a good fit and the question is, would you go out for a drink with them? That's not the question you should be asking, right? You should be asking what value does their point of view bring to the organization? And I think that, you know, that is um, a question that can also be applied to the art world, right? Artists are like their job is to distill down their point of view through the medium that they choose. And if you don't see kind of a, a broad representation of points of view, to me that makes a really boring art world. Completely. And that's exactly how we approach curation too. Not only are we looking for top talent, but in every collection we're looking to represent different genders, um, people from all around the world. We have, I think, five continents represented right now, um, as well as different mediums, different styles of telling stories. So art, as you're saying, is about uniqueness and diversity, and that needs to be seen in the people we're working with, too. Um, And not only that, uh, millennial females are the number one driving force in the growing art market and online art sales. And so it also makes sense for the artists to be representative of the people who are buying from them. And that, again, it gets back to this kind of really great collection. I obviously love a good story and, and a good storyteller, and I think artists are storytellers, and I think you're doing a good job of, of doing that in the in the collections you're creating as well. Thank you. Yeah, I grew up around artists. My mom was a mu- Uh, docent at a gallery in New York and she did such an amazing job with myself and my sisters, I'm the oldest of four girls, um, in really helping us understand that art is a story. She would pull us out of school, bring us to museums for new openings and just bring us through the gallery for hours and almost treat it like a novel that we were getting to be a part of. So I was lucky enough to approach art from this place that didn't feel so intimidating but more was intuitive and about storytelling and then before starting Spacey, my career was in 
the entertainment industry. So I was telling stories on TV, digital, social, and now I feel like this is really where we can make a difference in the art world is by bringing story to the forefront. Let's take a quick break from my chat with the creator of Spacey Studios, Kate Hoffman, for a bit of straight talk. So I'm taping this mid-roll on March 16th, 2020 from my Santa Monica apartment. I'm actually in my closet, to be exact, because it has the best acoustics for podcasting. In the last few weeks, we've all come to realize what a vast impact coronavirus is going to have on the way we live our lives. California, like many places globally, is shuttering most of its bars and gathering places like gyms, theaters, and art museums. My boyfriend, who's a teacher, and I are both prepared to work from home for the indeterminate future. He's actually right now in the other bedroom, prepping to teach his very first elementary school class virtually. And we're both trying to do our best to ramp up our hobbies to stay mentally active. One of the things that I'll be adding to my list of things to do at home to keep myself sane actually came from the conversation I had with Kate from Spacey Studios. We talked about some really fabulous tips on how to get started in collecting art. And we can all start doing these things from our phones or computers. So with the prospect of many more days stuck in our homes, I challenge you to go out on the World Wide Web and admire some beautiful pieces virtually. Start to figure out what you like, what you don't like. What's your color palette? What kind of vibe are you looking for? Where can you see these things in your home? I think it's a really fun exercise, and just like we do with fashion, right? We all go out there and look at what other people are wearing and borrow those ideas and look to integrate that into our own style. I think a lot of us have never really done that with home decor because it doesn't change as often. What I wear every day changes every single day, and I'm one of those people who loves to wear a plethora of different types of outfits and not just the same thing week after week. Our homes are a little bit more uh, stagnant in terms of changing decor, but it's a fun exercise right now when I'm staring at all of these walls in my apartment and wishing and hoping that uh, things could be a little bit brighter. I think a really good place to start is actually to go look at what we're carrying from Spacey Studios on Bear Shop. Just head to verashop.com slash inspo and click on Kate's photo and you can see all of the pieces that we carry from Spacey. If you do want to bring any of these magical works into your own space, you can buy them on Verashop with free one-day shipping and get them really fast. And just for first-time Verashop customers, you can take 20% off your first purchase with the code INSPOART. That's I-N-S-P-O-A-R-T. Now, back to our chat. And I want to get into your founder story, too, because I, I I sense that obviously art was something that you were really connected to, given your early history with it um, through your mom, but that wasn't exactly the career that you went into. Was it always a calling for you? At what point did you kind of um, realize that, oh, I need to pull the trigger and get back to this thing I've always been thinking about? The thing that really, well, when I was working in TV, I found myself often working, I developed an art series for ABC. Um, I was often volunteering at different art groups. I kept it in my life, but whereas my sister Emily went to the Rhode Island School of Design, one of the top art schools in the world, my sister Hannah is an interior designer. AKA RISD, if you don't know the the acronym, if you don't know the full name. RISD, my sister Hannah is an interior designer. So many of my sisters have gone directly into the art world. 
I interviewed at traditional art institutions. It didn't, they didn't feel like organizations where I could grow and learn quickly right out of school. And so I ended up in entertainment. I had worked at, you know, Refinery29, InStyle, different uh, television production companies, and really just have always felt uh, excited about platforms or products that connect people through story. And I think that art honestly has the potential to be the next great form of storytelling um, as people look to to things that just bring them so much value. There's a proliferation of you know content through our social platforms right now, but I feel that... But it's all ephemeral. It's yes. all there and it's not, right? Exactly. This is a way to keep the most important story of your life with you. It's the ultimate save button. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I do want to dig into that because, um, you know, it, it, through your story, you had a passion, but that's not the same thing as turning it into a business, right? Like it, it's a very novel thing to say, I loved this. I wanted to get back into it and I did, but I bet that there were some tough steps along the way in making this happen. Can you kind of bring us back to day one of Spacey Studios or day zero of Spacey Studios and how you kind of got this off the ground? Yes, the thing that really, or the moment that really inspired me to start Spacey was I moved into a bungalow in Venice, California with my partner and Jimmy and I really wanted our space to be very intentional and representative of us. And I was most excited about starting an art collection together. Um, but when we went to go start the process, I realized I kind of organically created my art collection that was just through travel, collecting from friends and family, going to art fairs throughout the years. But when it was an intentional approach to wanting to bring art into my life for a very special moment where we were going to live together for the first time, I didn't know how to do that. And so when I experienced going on these art platforms and sifting through hundreds of thousands of pieces of work ranging so vastly in price with no transparency into that price point, no storytelling around the artist or artwork, it kind of clicked for me that this is one of the most, I believe, powerful products in the world, yet the experience of buying it is so stark and there's an opportunity to make it experiential. I mean, every product we have in our lives today is a quality meets affordability with a transparent value proposition and a strong sense of community. And so how could that not be applied to the art world where collectors know that's the beauty of bringing home art? And and so you you started on this path. You started to pull this together for your own home. How did that turn into what we see um, as a business? So I left my job a few weeks later and started to build the business. When it clicked, I realized it. It's almost like I've been preparing to start Spacey my whole life, but when I was ready to start Spacey, it just happened. Um, yeah, left my job and then just started talking to as many people as I could to understand what the world really looked like. I really focused first on the operations, um, and then I knew that once I started talking to artists, I wouldn't be able to stop on the creative. <laughs> so really tried to get everything, like the business uh, and operations in place, developing our warehouse in, in California, fi finding the smartest systems, the people to work with, and then, um, yeah, launched uh, spring of last year. So we're almost one year old now. And how long was the, was the uptick process? 
was developing, it was about six months. Very fast. Very fast. But we're learning so much. I mean, the best part of moving into a launch so quickly is that we then get to learn from our interaction with our customers and our artists every day. Um, and partners like you guys, I was connected to Very Shop just a few months into us launching. And it's been so fun to see your brand also blow up over the last year. We and are to be trying. A part of that. We are trying. <laughs> so are we. But, but that's like kind of what we're thinking about. You know, we we it's easy to sum it up by saying we want to have this like effortless experience, a no-brainer one-stop shop with the convenience you love. But I think bringing on folks like you, when we talk about our experts curate things, again, that's great language to throw out there, but I think that bringing on folks like you is a testament to kind of how deep we are going, right? You are pulling, you are the expert, you are pulling from the best out there, you are bringing in really unique stuff. Uh, We've talked a lot about millennials. I also don't think that millennials want to look the same as all of their peers or have their homes look the same as all of their peers. That's why I was so excited about talking to you because this idea of the uniqueness, um, the limited editions, the ability to kind of buy into literally a story um, that you can then kind of take into your own life was just kind of a really exciting prospect. Thank you. That makes me so excited. (laughs) I love getting to talk about the art of it all because as you know, in running a business, so much of the day-to-day can feel disconnected from art. I actually went to a museum for the first time in the last year, last weekend, and it was amazing. I went to the MoMA, I sat in front of a Rothko for an hour, had a glass of wine. I love it. Such a good. This is great. Such a good (laughs) night. And I have to um, share with you, I think that the episode that will come right before yours, we talked to an amazing designer um, from the UK, Richard Brendan. He designed these amazing wine glasses um, in collaboration with Jancis Robinson, the big wine critic. Um, and, and he talked a lot about, you know, the idea of, of bringing beauty into the design and having it also be functional, functional for, you know, your day-to-day life, but also for the experience. And, and again, I think with the quality that you're putting into that, I actually kind of see a lot of, um, you know, reflection, um, no pun intended if you listen to that episode, reflection in, um, you know, your, your two stories. He looked back a lot on history as well in terms of historical reference. So um, that'd be a good jumping off point too. When you look back, you know, obviously you want to reinvent the art industry or at least change some things um, in terms of how things go. But as you look back on kind of how things have evolved, as you think about the um, the kind of briefs, the peace of mind, the, the, the themes that you're telling your artists, what have you kind of learned from um, the history of art in general and how people like to uh, consume or view it? That's a, such a great question. Um, when I think about what, uh, when I think about Spacey's mission, I think about reimagining the art world for this generation and future generations. I don't like using the word disrupt because the art world is something so beautiful and I am not trying to overhaul what is. We are not looking to create or to use technology to put out a different type of product, which I think so many art startups are doing. We're really looking to create an authentic collecting experience that has engaged people for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Um, 
and just bring it to our evolved modern day culture. Um, and so we do look back a lot on history to understand what, what has drawn people to art over the ages. Um, we've actually seen this come to life through our experiences recently. So we've started to take art offline to try to connect people to the storytelling around art more. And we've been doing these portrait sessions where we bring in fine artists that are creating abstract portraits to really bold, cool contemporary pieces and seeing people's reaction to themselves, the reflection of themselves in an art piece is just absolutely incredible. The bond that they create with an artist during one of these sessions, it's almost like a therapy session. And you look back at art history and see how kings and queens and princesses have been obsessed with this idea of seeing themselves in art. And we've seen that come to life. And it's a huge part of where we're taking our brand in 2020 is just how do we look back at what has been done and continue to build on on what is. And and I know and I I will I will say this with the full knowledge that some people will disagree with me, um, but I do think that that way of looking at uh, an industry is a prudent version of looking at it to consider, knowing that there are really good bits of it, even if there are really bad bits of it. And take, taking the approach of, I don't want to blow up everything, let's find the best things um, and, and kind of pull those out and highlight them and change things for the better. Um, I, I guess it, that that idea of not wanting to disrupt it is a really interesting one. Um, how did you get there? Like, you seem very convicted about it. How did you get there? I got there really so when i um when i started spacey i am a new to the world of entrepreneurship i was in corporate america beforehand and so i was understanding as a part of this process how i am i going to fund this business beyond myself and so in looking at investment avenues i joined an accelerator based in new york called angel pad it's the top accelerator in the world, which was so cool to be a part of, but I heard so much language like this, like disrupting, reinventing. Um, and it felt so harsh when I want to make sure that what we're doing represents what the art world is in the best way. I think it has to be completely reimagined. I think the idea of what a gallery is, what an online marketplace is, what a museum is, has it almost needs to be like we uh, erase the dry erase board and start from scratch. But with that, knowing that our foundation is this incredible product that's made by creative people and we're here to help bring it to people who want to live with with that that thing um and so finding a way that feels as inspirational as the product or I wanted to find a way to talk about the product to represent how powerful art is without it feeling uh harsh and I want to get into I want to get into some practical advice for people right. too. Um, you know, some people I, I I some people know what they like. Some people don't. Some people know they want art and they don't know where to start, and they can't even wrap their head around what types or you know what kind of things speak to them. How would you go about creating an art wall or selecting? Do you start a mood board? Do you start with colors? Like, what would be some good starting points for the completely art uninitiated who are trying to get into uh, collecting? Absolutely. I think a great place to start is going on to Instagram and following a few curators who can help bring you some exciting new artists to discover. If you like the piece, great. If you don't, don't kill yourself. Skip over it. There's so much art in the world. You don't have to force, 
force yourself to like something that you don't. So Spacey is, of course, a great <laughs> platform to follow for that. Um, but there are other handles like The Jealous Curator. I love the way that she talks about art. She talks about being jealous of everyone's work all the time, but it makes it fun, and she just lets you feel what you're feeling about the piece. Um, the Tax Collection is another great Instagram handle to follow. Q&A art or Q&A art. Um, yeah, so following art curators on Instagram is a great way to discover artists. Um, as far as bringing art into your home or finding the right piece for you, I think going back to the fashion world as um, a place of inspiration for how you can approach art. So thinking of where you want it, how you want to feel in that space, and then what colors, materials, and textures help bring that feeling to life. So I knew that when I moved into my new studio in New York recently, I really needed a big, bold piece over my bed, but I needed it to be so much more than decor. So I knew in my room I wanted something that was relaxing. I wanted to move into this space and feel very, very zen. And so I started looking at pieces that were blues and greens, kind of had softer brush strokes. Um, but not only just brush strokes, I was looking at mixed media, but I understood the feeling that I wanted the piece to convey and then I let the style kind of speak for itself. Um, and then as far as where to put art in your home, it can really go anywhere. I have art from floor to ceiling. So um, fill your wall up. It's also a great way to elongate a space. So if you just keep building your art collection literally from floor to ceiling, your space can look so much bigger. Um, I have very minimal furniture in my space, but just it, the personality all comes through from the surrounding walls. <laughs> <laughs> is, there anything, is there anything you can tell us about the forthcoming Coming, uh, collections. Any any hints you can give? I know you keep those themes close to the vest, but give us something to, to bite onto. Well, we'll definitely be working with Very Shop over this next year to bring more art to new collectors. Um, and I'm really excited about this year because there's two huge events um, that I think most people can connect to and we'll be curating collections around those. We're taking a really unique way in, which I can't reveal just yet, but one of them is the Olympics um, and the next is the presidential election in the U.S. So really trying to capture people's spirits and the feeling um, that people are having in culture in the and kind of capturing it in pieces of artwork from a few different artists around the world will be really exciting. Our next collection comes out in just a few weeks. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. Beyond using data to curate our collections, I also have a network of tastemakers, for lack of a better word, who I then work with to pare down what artists we're actually going to go after. So that includes everyone from journalists to curators to designers, people who really have to be on the forefront of trends and understanding where culture is moving in order uh, to do their jobs correctly. So I thought, who better to give us advice on what artists are going to pop in the next year than these people? So I definitely want to talk to you about joining this group. <laughs> I, taking, would, <laughs> I would literally be honored. I would love to. Collection <laughs> questionnaires and getting your perspective before we launch our next collection. I would love to, but also I do think that's again, speaks to this idea of relevance because as much as you can talk about beauty, uh, home decor trends do change and, and you know, that world is in flux and just like your closet, you know, some folks want the timeless pieces that'll be there forever. Other folks 
folks might want um, something that is a little bit more trend-driven, that is a little bit more culturally relevant, and that helps define their identity in their home. Um, can you just speak to that? Because I do think, you know, obviously, you study art within the uh, artist groups that were famous at the time, and you know, the Impressionists were famous at that time for a reason. And, you know, the abstract artists and the Fauvists were famous at those times for a reason, but they're all famous at the same time. What's happening right now? What is the relevance? Uh, where's the relevance falling in terms of where, where the art world is right now? I think the beauty of art being so democratized right now is that there are so many aesthetic styles that have really taken off with different groups of people. It allows kind of anyone to find their calling within the art world. But one really big trend um, that I love, I just love falling into these images when they come onto my feed, are these 3D digital renderings where artists essentially create imaginary worlds from scratch. They will start by dreaming up new textures, new types of furniture, new natural materials in our world, and building spaces and architecture that represent those. So we have an artist on Spacey right now, Andres Resinger. I commissioned him last spring, and um, over the summer he was named uh one of the most influential creative people in the world. So he was on the cover of Arc Digest along with Karl Lagerfeld, Wes Anderson. Um, and he creates these spaces where they're literally dreamscapes that you look at them and you're like, why can't this be our real world? So there are a few artists similar to him who have just kind of taken over um, this new form of artistic storytelling. And I'm really excited about everything they're doing. I promise Everyone, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> Truly, if you don't like li living in the most dreamy world you could ever possibly imagine, I don't know. It's just idyllic. I have every faith in you. <laughs> I have every faith in you. That's all for my chat with Kate Hoffman from Spacey Studios. I really hope you'll take me up on that challenge to get out there and start refining your art aesthetic. It's a great thing to do in these times where we're not out and about in the world, and it's a wonderful first step to deciding if you want to get into collecting art and what you're interested in adorning your space with. And show me what you're loving, please. Keep me busy here when I'm stuck at home for the indeterminate future. You can tweet at me or send me an Instagram DM. My handle on both is at Alex Barinka. As always, you can shop the Spacey Studio pieces we talked about in this episode with free one-day shipping and free returns at Vera Shop. Just go to verashop.com slash inspo and click on Kate's picture. And if you're a first-time Verashop shopper, don't forget to take 20% off your purchase. Just type in inspo art at checkout. That's I-N-S-P-O-A-R-T at checkout. Thanks for listening and see you soon.